I want to jump right into the Word of God, and I'm going to, while it's Father's Day, and this message kind of deals with a Father's message, I think it applies to everyone. And I may have to keep moving my podium just because the sun is going to be glaring on my nose. In fact, what I'm going to do now is go ahead and just put it up here right now, so I won't have to keep moving it. I'm not going to have you to stand, since that's going to take more energy, and it's already hot out here. (laughs) (laughs) so we can hear the crows (laughs) we can hear the birds it's a wonderful privilege because it's God's creation and when we consider the fact that we are made in God's image we ought to just give God the glory because they give God the glory and so we definitely can give God the glory by giving him a hand of applause because of who he is so let's just give God a hand just for who he is Today, our Savior, we are grateful to you for all that you have done and are doing. We thank you for your power and your righteousness. We thank you for fathers. We thank you for the people of God. We thank you that we were able to celebrate Mother's Day, even if it was on the line. Able to still come together to recognize that it still takes a father and a mother to make a child. So today we pray as we honor the people of God and specifically the fathers that this message will be one that is hard hitting, that is relevant, that is timely, that is from the very word of God. We honor you and we thank you for all that you've done and are doing. We give your name the glory and bless the word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. In your Bibles, if you would turn with me to the book of first Timothy. Chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. And then I'm going to also read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. Again, 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 14, I will read. And then Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. This is how 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 14 reads. I thank him who has given me strength. Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love. That are in Christ Jesus. I'm reading from the ESV, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. And this is how Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 reads. I will give you a moment to find it in your Bible. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your home, your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Brother Brother Bertarli, won't you get a seat for your mom so she can sit in the shade? So let's grab a seat for her so she can actually have a seat. 
The natural father and the spiritual father have played a significant role in the lives of their children since the beginning of time. God was the father of Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, the father of Cain, Abel, and Seth, and they had daughters. Father's role in the family helps the character. It helps shape the character of the household. If father's roles are undervalued and non-existent in the home, you find young boys and girls wandering and trouble tagging along, creating opportunities for mischief. If appropriate values are not taught by the father, and clear structure and boundaries left to chance. Chance will inevitably lead to chaos in most cases. However, if fathers teach their children that which is right, not how to shoot dice, not how to, to gamble and do that which is wrong, but teach them the word of God, if they will sit with them and tell them what God says, their chance that the children have a better foundation of making it in life. Fathers should learn how to make sure they cover their children in prayer. Their children should be bathed in prayer. When children are bathed in prayer, it will build a solid foundation for them later in life. And will give them a great advantage over other children whose fathers and parents have not prayed for them. Let me tell you this. Prayer makes a difference in the home. If you're not a praying parent, a praying father, a praying mother, you are leaving your children exposed to any and everything that comes along. Point number one. I was a mess before Christ showed mercy on me. I was a mess before Christ showed mercy on me. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Paul. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't look at me all funny. I know y'all thinking, what he gonna say? No, I'm talking about Paul. Yeah, I was a mess. I ain't telling (laughs) y'all. The apostle Paul wrote what's called the pastoral letters which are 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. These three letters are personal letters to two young men whom Paul became a spiritual father to. We have physical fathers and we have spiritual fathers. And Paul became a spiritual father to these two young men. As Paul has instructed Timothy to remain at Ephesus, To stop those who were teaching false doctrine and to set matters in order in the church. There were problems in the church way back in the first century. Don't think that problems in the church is something new. Don't think that church splits are anything new. They have always been and they will continue to be until Christ comes back. But Paul instructed Timothy while he remained in Macedonia and said, you stay there, Timothy, and I want you to correct that which is wrong. And don't let, don't let anybody look down on you because of your age. Paul knew that Timothy had a natural father. 
But we do not see that there was any spiritual training from his father. His mother was Jewish. His father was Greek. We know that Timothy's parents, his mom and his grandmother, are recognized in 2 Timothy as being God-fearing women. Thank God that mothers have been there when fathers have abandoned the family. Let me tell you something. It is a good thing when we consider that God has made the family to have two parents. We know that things happen. We know and understand that at times a person may pass and may be divorced. We understand. But God's design is that there will be a father and a mother. Why is that important? Because it helps to train the child. It helps give security in the family. And that's how God said it from the very beginning. Go on and create all types of families. That's fine. But God's original design was that children would have parents who raised them. So we find that Timothy had a mother and a grandmother that trained him in the ways of the Lord, and he is recognizing Timothy as a man who has value and that he is a man that he is entrusting the gospel and is and setting and helping him to set things in place in Ephesus. Now, Timothy was a timid young man. And it is Paul who seems to be encouraging him and saying, Timothy, you need to deal with the fear that you have. Deal with the problem there. Because if you don't, the church is going to be torn up. And so Timothy, as a young man, has been left there. So when Paul needs to have someone take on a huge responsibility and major task, he calls on his son, his spiritual son, that he had trained in the faith while he began his missionary journeys. Evidently, Timothy joined Paul when Paul was on his second missionary journey. It is recorded, we know, of three journeys, but apparently after Paul had been released from prison in Rome, because he evidently had two imprisonments, when you look at the book of Acts chapter 28, he evidently was released after that time. Then he was rearrested, and then he faced the death sentence by the crazy person named Nero. And it is Timothy, when Paul evidently is in prison, who is given him instructions, or actually may have been out in Macedonia, giving him instructions that you stay there while I can't come and you straighten out the areas there. Because why? Because you have been with me on the journey and I've trained you and now I trust that God can do the work that, I, that he has for the church through you. Paul recognized himself. And he states it in the passage that he says, I was a mess before Christ had mercy on me. Have any of y'all been a mess in your life? No, don't raise your hand. Some of y'all can, can look way back in the day. And you still have vivid memories of things you've said and things you've done. And things that you say, I am still embarrassed about. I don't let some things come up. They want to bring up some, no, 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 don't bring that up. That's off limits. You have some things that's off limits in your life. Paul was a man that was a mess. Paul was a persecutor of the church. 
Paul was the one that was ripping families, mothers and fathers out of the home and leaving children as children as orphans. Paul didn't care about the family. He wanted to destroy the church. And it was only when he was on the road to Damascus, on the road, where the Lord himself shone a light on him at high noon. He said the light that was shown on him was brighter than the sun. Knocked him off his beast. <laughs> Don't get so high and mighty to, and you think that God can't knock you down. Not just physically, spiritually. Go, go on to think that you are up high and mighty. God knows how to humble you. Knocked him off the beast right into the dirt. Got up off the dirt and out the ground and couldn't see anything. Have you ever had a situation that happened to you that you, that humbled you? You, you were very proud. You were whatever was happening, but something humbled you. An embarrassing situation may have happened. You see, one of the things that we have to remember and understand is that when God wants to get our attention, he knows just what to do. And so the Lord had to get Paul's attention. Why? Because the Lord had a purpose and a ministry for Paul. Never get to the place to where fathers, mothers, whoever, never think that you are so bad or so lost that God can't use you. God is in the business of using the discarded. <laughs> Those who think that there's nothing left, nothing else to be done, then God steps in and says, now watch and see what I will do through your life. Paul says, I was a mess before Christ came. And you would find in Paul's writings, in the letters that he writes, and, and the and the passages and even in Timothy you look and see Paul constantly when the matter of his former life before Christ you constantly see Paul embarrassed being embarrassed whenever he remembers or recounts what he used to be like but then he says but oh Christ had mercy on me in our world today the past is not recognized by many as the true event that happened but some would rather tear everything down and create a false narrative that is more palatable. Some people want to have truth hidden and falsehood elevated. We've got to get to a place that no matter what the truth is, we're willing to listen, embrace, discuss it, and, and, and go on. But many people today want history to be destroyed and they want lies to be elevated. If one is going to learn from history which includes the good, the bad, and the ugly, then one must not be given a false narrative that sets a new foundation based on lies. You see, this is the very thing that crept into the church at Ephesus. There were those that were teaching false doctrine, and the false teachers had been able to influence some in the air of their teaching. They were making inroads, and there were people that were being won to those that were peacing, preaching falsehood. Be careful what you teach. Why? Because you're influencing somebody. Today I'm concerned that false narratives are replacing truth. That little dog is barking and barking, huh? No? 
He said, he said, he said, amen. <laughs> Whenever you do this, you lose the true history of what has taken place. The one thing that I love about God's word, he exposes everything, the good and the bad, in the people's lives that he has called. You see, God gets the glory when he can take people and situations and turn things around where other people said there's no hope for that person. Point number two, teach every day and teach constantly. Teach every day and teach constantly. That would be Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. It was God who told fathers, teach your children. In the book of Exodus, in the book of Deuteronomy, when you sit and when you are on the move, teach them in the morning and then to make sure that you are and to make sure that you are, are, are getting the message out, you teach them when they get out the bed in the morning and when they lie down at night. You teach them all the time. I want them to remember. Do you know the best way to remember is through repetition? You do it over and over and over again. Don't let your children forget. Don't let them forget what? Don't let them forget about me, says God. You see, the children of Israel, the first generation that passed off the scene. So when you get to Deuteronomy, this is the second generation. And in the second generation, the children are now about to enter the land of the Canaanites, or the land was called the land of promise. And as Moses is, give, as Moses is giving them instructions, he is warning them that as they go into the land, that they need to remember to tie the word of God, not only around their forearms and their wrists, but to place it right here, even on their foreheads. You see, there used to be in the, in the New Testament what was called phylacteries. Uh, phylacteries were little boxes that were placed on the priest's arms and, 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 and tied there. And then, around, and then also you would find them on their foreheads. And in these boxes were scripture. Some of the scriptures were actually known or memorized favorite scriptures, such as Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Uh, this would be one of the ones that would be in there. And in these phylacteries, so when Paul is saying to the, or rather Moses is saying to the generation that's going to be going into the promised land, I want you to remember everything that I'm doing because I want to bless you. And the reason that I'm giving you this warning is so that you won't be destroyed like I'm destroying the other nations who have disobeyed me and not lived for me. I don't want you to become like them. So he said, fathers, teach your children about me. Don't let them forget. Reminders are very important. On your phones, many of you have reminders. Now, it's a bad thing when you forget to check your reminder. There are times when I have forgotten, to, I put it on my phone, and then forgot to check and still missed the appointment. I even had an alarm go off and ignored the alarm and turned it off. And only by God's grace, he'll allow somebody to call and say, hey, I wanted you to know that I'm not going to be able to be there today. Oh, Lord, I forgot all about the, the meeting. Reminders. The instructions will become invaluable in the midst of trouble. The moment someone wants to take you down a bad path or down a wrong path, if a child is being taught right by their fathers, they can say, 
Hold it. I don't remember this being a part of my teaching. In fact, I remember my dad. I remember him giving me warning about this. I remember my mom giving me warning to stay away. So there should be sirens that goes off when a person is being led to do that which is wrong. If you don't have sirens going off, something is wrong. Your compass may need to be reset. I am convinced that many people bent on doing wrong and committing chaos think and feel that it will never come to an end. Let me tell you something as I bring this message to a close. You cannot continue to do wrong and get by. There's even a song that talks about that. There are people that somehow feel that they can do wrong without any repercussions. But I'm here to tell you that we do reap what we sow. It is so important that children and individuals get a chance. Why? Because one day they're going to grow up and be adults. And you want to have them be able to look back at a solid foundation that has been laid out for them that they can pick and choose from. Why? Because there's something there. You see, if the foundation has never been set, then what are they going to choose from? If you never put anything in, what are they going to get out? You want to give them an opportunity, so put it all in there and give them a chance. If they blow it and go down the road the wrong way, at least they can say, I remember what I was taught and I can turn around and go back home. People that fight for disorder and dysregulation are those who are often opposed to God's word. Fathers must be diligent about the truth. About that which honors God. God told fathers to give warning. So that the children would not have to experience what? The wrath of God. When we consider God. God is not this always all loving wonderful God in the sky. He's all of that. But let me tell you this. God is holy. And whenever you talk about the holiness of God. You talk about a side of God that deals with judgment and sin. Why? Because God cannot tolerate sin in his presence. And so when we think about even Christ dying on the cross, he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? It wasn't anything because of what Christ had done. It's because of what had been placed on him. The fact of our sins placed on him. I encourage you to give children a fighting chance. Don't give them a false narrative. Give them the truth, even when it hurts. I hate it when my mom and my dad said, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. No, it's not. You wouldn't spank me if it's going to hurt you more. Let me show you this. If it's so, let me show you how it feels. (laughs) I really would have been hurt. (laughs) Today we we are in a culture where the family often is not honored as it should be. Let me just say this. God's design has not changed. The purposes of God remain the same. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today. And forever. Everything that we see in society, the trees, the beauty, all technology, all the raw material was here from the very beginning. God has just given man the ingenuity to be able to put it all together. I tell you this and I always tell you, I'm going to use whatever God has put on this earth while I'm here. What I'm going to do when I'm gone? If he's giving me a car, I'm going to drive it, drink all the gas it wants. 
Y'all want to fly across country in a windsolar plane? Go ahead. When it's 100 years later, when it's finally good, I might get on it. But please, put some petrol in that plane for me. If I want to have a hamburger, some fries, a shake, and I then can have a cinnamon roll, please don't bother me telling me to always eat some lettuce. I am not the one. God placed me in this earth to enjoy myself. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Amen. I'm going to end there for (laughs) y'all. Today, God, we're grateful to you for your love and your grace. We want to thank you for fathers. We thank you for the privilege of having parents, surrogates, aunts, grandmothers, those that have been adopted, foster parents, all those that have taken on the mantle of helping raise children. We are grateful today that you have given your word to us, and we pray that we will be mindful that we have a God that loves us beyond measure. Now, you be honored and glorified. You be exalted. We thank you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we prepare to leave, let me just give you a few instructions as we prepare. As you know, right now, we don't know when we will be back inside, but when we have the ability to be inside, there may be occasion when we may do outside again. We may be. But let me also say this. During this time of uncertainty, always remember God is still in control. Don't allow your fears to get ahead of you. Remember, God's in control. He's not surprised about what's happening, COVID-19, all the different things that's taken. God knows. It's all in his plan. Let's remember him.